The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to in-game odds in every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in the store and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. This is one Bissaka. This is Rashford. He took his time. Good challenge, Froiler. And it's Malassia, goalkeeper, Woodwork, and eventually away. Well, I, I think he's absolutely right, Malassia, just to try and smash it. it here for Lodi. That's interesting. And it's one back. It's Ryan Yates. Just the last touch come off. Bolly yesterday yeah. appears too. So yeah. well, see offside after this touch is Bolly offside there, maybe yeah. as well. I think There's he could well be. be considered. I think the ball was going wide from the header. And that diverted it yeah, back on target. Offside. Goal disallowed by VAR. Again, Forrest need to be better. Now, can Rashford punish? Anthony and Fernandez are on the far side. That's glorious. Fernandez, Anthony! It's Hennessy to the rescue for Nottingham Forest. Shot. Well, that was well left by Malassia. And Martial could be in. And Henderson saves. Two big stops for the Welsh goalkeeper in the second half now. Was a balance shot from Rashford needed to be dealt with. It's another big save for Wayne Hennessy. Straight to Casemiro. That's wonderful anticipation. This could be it for Fred now. It's the third. It continues to be a very merry Christmas for Manchester United. Three goals to nil. Three points surely in the bag now. And they move up. You are listening to Bet MEFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow Bet MEFC on Twitter at Bet MEFC. That's at Bet MEFC. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast at SGP Soccer. 
That's at SGP Soccer. You can follow the Twitter account for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They are at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And you can follow me at my Twitter account. I am at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. The Twitter account for LockBetting.com, these premium pay service that has delivered 115 months in a row of Transpack Track Profit. The PL for the 115th month will be posted in the next 24 hours and it will be the pin tweet for the rest of next month. So moving on to this edition of Bet MEFC, Manchester United coming off another win. This could potentially be a very, very successful Christmas period of Manchester United getting through to the EFL Cup quarterfinal where they will play Charlton. Picking up three points against Nottingham Forest and up next we have Wolves. After that, we play against Bournemouth on the 3rd of January. So three very winnable games here around the Christmas period. Actually, on paper, this trip to Wolves is the most difficult one. And it becomes more difficult when you consider that Wolves picked up a win in Lepetegui's first game in charge away to Everton. That was a win I actually called over at the lockbetting.com site. Um, I went with the new manager bounce in the end on the podcast. I was um, quite high on the under. We did play the under as well, but we took Wolves on the money line to win the game because I do think Wolves are a much more dangerous opponent than they are being given credit for. I never saw them as a team that would go down. I think they have too much quality. They've gone toe-to-toe for years against the top teams. In fact, at Old Trafford last season, I went to the game where Wolves won away to Manchester United. They did win the game on the counter-attack, but they didn't allow Man United to create too much either. They actually won the midfield battle against us. And uh, I don't expect them to do that here in this game because obviously Man United's midfield is massively strong at the moment. Ericsson's fitted straight in. Casemiro has been a revelation and Bruno Fernandes is playing a lot better in the absence of Cristiano Ronaldo. He's enjoying the role as captain. And I think Man United will be able to win the midfield battle. So all over the pits, Manchester United should win with their better quality. But Wolves, as I said, under Lepetogui are a much more difficult opponent with that new manager bounce. And this is his first home game in charge of this Wolves team as well. Let's have a listen to what Eric Ten Hag had to say about tomorrow's game. Wanderers on Saturday, first section embargoed until Friday, 1.30pm. Um, Simon? Um, have you even had the chance to think about Wolves yet? Is it possible to describe the impact that, that their new manager has had on them so quickly? <laughs> no, no. no, as you said, I, I just finished this game. And yeah, now um, yeah, I, I've had a look at this at their base formation. I have a look, short look at their yes, uh, yesterday performance against Everton. I, I got notice from it, but to be in detail, um, think about uh, a game plan. No, I'm not that far. Simon. I asked you about Van Vassaken after the Burnley game. He's come in tonight and played well again. Is he? Is how much development has he got to make to be the kind of right back that you want to have the characteristics of a player that you? First, you have to be on the pitch, and in the first season half, he was sorry, either injured or ill, and so you don't have a role in in a squad. So uh, I think that break was good for him. Uh, He uh, he returned. He was with in the training camp in Spain. Uh, He played. um, He could play some games in. 
so in the preparation of the, of the restart and yeah, now he is playing two games and he's doing really well so I'm happy with his performance and we need that competition in our squad How, how do you develop his game? Though? By training <laughs> by coaching and, and, and he has to play games in the team and then, then you can develop and then you can grow With Cody Gaffer, I know you were talking about individuals, but was it a case of you signing a games making a move for that particular player? And if you finish the January without making a signing in the striking department, would it be satisfied? That'd be okay, or would that be something that you would look at concerning? I think we have a squad, and we have their players who um, are matching our criteria, but I would all the games are coming, um, and. It's a tough competition in all the leagues, but we want to be also in all the leagues and keep playing in all the leagues by winning games and cups as well. So you need players, you need numbers to cover. So you need good players, not only numbers, you need quality players to to cover that. And also, yeah, you need also competition and you need also uh, that you can make tactical choices. So we are looking for the right player for our squad and it has to, to match the, so the sportive criteria but also and definitely also some financial criteria Does Nacho give you confidence that you could perhaps fill that gap if, if there is one he will obviously have a chance tonight seem like he did well off the bench Yeah we need um, impact from the bench and uh, I'm happy once again it's a player who's coming from the bench Fred who's scoring a goal and I think all the subs who came in Tonight they did uh, really well. Um, so yeah, also in the offensive department, you need players coming from the bench uh, who have an impact on the game. Uh, whether it's um, uh, you need a goal or uh, yeah, save uh, when you are leading, and that you uh, can go for a counterattacks or keep um, at least you keep uh, the win in your uh, on your side. <coughs> Yeah, so to touch on a couple of things that he said there, the Cody Gakpo situation, I do feel it is somewhat embarrassing that Liverpool picked us to Cody Gakpo, a player that we were quite clearly interested in. However, there are a couple of silver linings. Firstly, I don't think the Glazers are giving us any more money because I genuinely feel like they are going to sell the club. Now, we've wanted this for a long time, so we can't complain that we're not getting uh, any money for Cody Gakpo. It's a minor sacrifice, in my opinion, in order to get rid of these parasites. We need to get them out of the club. They've been sucking money out of the club. They've not been investing in our facilities. If you look at the state of Old Trafford, it is rotting. It is rusting. It is a shithole. The um, the facilities are not up to standard. If you go to other grounds, if you especially compare it to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, where I visit regularly because I live right by the ground, um, it is a far better stadium. And Tottenham Hotspur should not have a better stadium than Manchester United. They should not have a better training facility than Manchester United and uh, the likes of Liverpool should not be pipping Manchester United to players in the transfer market. So this won't happen in the future once Manchester United are taken over. It looks like Saudi ownership could be the front runner. There's talk of a consortium with David Beckham. But ultimately, 
I think the silver lining of not signing Cody Gakpo is that they are not going to put any more money into the club because they look like they are on the way out and the sooner the better. Eric Ten Hag is managing well with what he has at the moment and this isn't a bad squad. This Man United squad still does have cover for players in every position and a lot of these players did finish second the season at Man United finished second under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So Wan-Bissaka, he didn't become a bad player overnight. He's never had that attacking element to his game but if you watch Wan-Bissaka a few years ago against PSG, some people were saying that he should be playing for England. He should be the England right back and we know that that is England's most competitive position. What it does say is that Eric Ten Hag can get the best out of any player whether we sign players or not so there's more silver linings than just Cody Gakpo's non-signing meaning that the Glazers are going it shows what Eric Ten Hag can do as a manager and in addition to that it's worth noting that I never felt like Cody Gakpo for me would be a fit in the Manchester United squad because at the moment if you look at our attacking options you have Jaden Sancho who's a wide player you have Ganacho who's a wide player you have Anthony Martial who's a wide player we're trying to convert into a number nine you have Rashford who's a wide player who's a top wide player a potentially world-class wide player I think the only world-class wide player that we have at the moment is still too early to um, to make that comment about Ganacho because we don't know what he's going to develop into But in Marcus Rashford, we have a genuine wide player who's not at the level yet of Kylian Mbappe, but he's the next bracket down. He has the potential to get there. If he continues to play the way he's playing at the moment, he can put himself in that conversation. So I don't want to convert Marcus Rashford into a number nine just because we don't have a genuine number nine. A number nine is what we need. We don't need another winger. We've got loads of wingers at this club already. We've got loads of competition for places between Anthony and Sancho and Rashford and Ganacho and Anthony Martial. We don't need to bring in another wide player and we don't need to get Cody Gakpo in and convert him into somebody to play at the front of the midfield or, or to turn him into a false number nine. We don't need to do that. What we need is a number nine who plays with pace, who fits into this counter-attacking style of play that we want to implement. And uh, I think someone like Victor Usherman of Napoli would be far better suited to the way Manchester United want to play under Eric Ten Hag than Cody Gakpo ever ever would have been. So I know he wanted the player and I know he's gone to Liverpool and I know that could be embarrassing for some, but ultimately... I think it could be a blessing in disguise. There's no guarantee that Gakpo is going to hit the ground running anyway. And when you look at this situation with Liverpool signing him as well, this is quite similar to what they did last season where they signed Luis Diaz. A lot of people thought Darwin Nunes was the... um, was the replacement for Mane because they signed him at round about the same time. They signed him and sold Mane at the same time. That wasn't the case. That's obviously what your casual football fans going to see. The replacement for Mane was already signed in January because they knew Mane was going to go. He wasn't. He wasn't certain where he was going to go. Obviously, he ended up going to Bayern Munich, but they knew he was going to go. They knew he didn't want to stay at Liverpool anymore, so they signed Luis Diaz. So he was the real replacement for Sadio Mane. And I just wonder when you sign yourself another left-sided um, winger for this team, 
Does that mean that they are going to listen to offers with Mo, for Mo Salah? Mo Salah's penned that new contract. That means that Liverpool don't need to take a cut price for him. They don't need to take 40 or £50 million for him. These were the figures that were being thrown around if Salah got into the final year of his contract. That's not a danger anymore. But are they still open to selling Mo Salah? Will they be more likely to get the 100, 110 million that they want to get from Mo Salah now? And they have the replacement then, Cody Gakpo, that was just signed for £37 million. It also makes you wonder um, why Manchester United paid close to £80 million for Anthony when uh, Gakpo has signed for £37 million. Was that just the just the result of us pushing for Frankie de Jong and making that the main priority throughout the window and not moving on to other 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 options and, and other people that we wanted to sign and then leaving it too late for Anthony? And then Ajax ended up robbing us for £80 million. Now, I'm not saying Anthony is a rip-off by any means. And I'm not saying that he's not going to develop into a top player. There is potentially a top player there. There's potentially a world-class player there. And the thought of playing Anthony and Rashford as our wingers in the future could be very, very scary if they reach their full potential. And let's not forget, we still have Jadon Sancho coming back. Jadon Sancho is just about to come back from uh, from personal training that he had. He's arriving back in Manchester this week. Hopefully he looks like a new player because we need him to be, because he needs to be a lot better in order to justify the transfer fee that we paid for him. We need to get the Jadon Sancho that played for Borussia Dortmund, not the one that's played so far from Manchester United, who's never been able to shake off that penalty miss in the Euros, in my opinion. But the future looks bright for Manchester United if these players can fulfil their potential. But we do need that number nine goal scorer. It doesn't look like Anthony, Anthony Martial is going to be the guy. He's just too inconsistent. I want Anthony Martial to succeed, but uh, scoring a goal from a goalkeeping error against Nottingham Forest isn't going to convince me. We need to see a lot more consistency from Martial between now and the end of the season, and we need him to stay fit. We can't have Martial getting injured every couple of games, and uh, we need to see better fitness for him. We need to see more effort from him, and we need to see him scoring goals in this Manchester United team. So hopefully that continues on against Wolves. We will move on to looking at at that game next, Manchester United and Wolves is the 12.30am kickoff on Saturday on New Year's Eve. And Manchester United are the 10 to 11 favourites on the money line to win the game. It's 11 to 4 on the draw and it's 16 to 5 here on Wolves. Man United and Wolves is usually a very close, low scoring game. And I expect the same tomorrow. I think it will be a tight and cagey one. But ultimately, I do have to go with Man United to pick up the win here. Man United come into this having four wins in their last six away from home, while they have two wins at Old Trafford since the domestic action resumed, since we come back from the World Cup. Wolves, they have lost four of their last five at home. So I am expecting Manchester United to come away with maximum points here. Of course, as I mentioned, it is a more difficult game now with the new manager bounce. Wolves actually went 1-0 down against Everton, but managed to come back and win 2-1. So not only did they get, get a new manager bounce, they showed some resilience that they definitely didn't have before Lopetegui came in. So this is a difficult game playing against the new manager. His first home game. This crowd are going to be very much into it. 12.30 kickoffs as well on a Saturday. They usually do bring up weird results. So I am a little bit concerned about this game. 
But ultimately, if it is a tight and cagey affair, which games between Wolves and Man United usually are, I do believe it will be won by the team who have more quality and have players who can produce that moment of quality. Earlier on in the season, we saw Manchester United produce that moment of quality in a tight and cagey game away to Southampton. That was a game that I went to. And similarly, I believe that if Manchester United come here to Wolves and both teams play at the same level, then Manchester United will be able to come away with a win. If we underperform, that's the only way that Wolves can come away with a win or a positive result in this game. So if Manchester United are at 100% and Eric Ten Hag has them drilled, I do believe that Manchester United can come away with another win. So my lean here is going to be very, very simple. It's Manchester United on the money line as we head towards picking up maximum points here over this Christmas period. And that is a real possibility, not just maximum points, but five wins out of five. I classed the Christmas period from the League Cup game where we got the win against uh, Burnley up to the FA Cup game where we play at home to Everton. I think there's a real possibility that Manchester United can emerge with five wins out of five. But on paper, this is our most difficult game. Wolves away is always a difficult game, but I do believe that Manchester United can come away with a win here, especially with players coming back. I'm not sure if Martinez is going to actually play in this game in the back line. Um, last time out, we ended up playing Luke Shaw as a centre-back. I think if Martinez is not ready and available, I do believe Harry Maguire is available. So I do believe we will have more options at centre-back. This team just continues to get stronger, getting more and more players back. It'll be interesting to see who starts in the right back position tomorrow. We spoke a little bit about Aaron Wan-Bissaka on this show and how uh, Eric Ten Hag seems to have improved him as a player. Aaron, Aaron Wan-Bissaka looks a lot better now in that right back position than he did um, during the during the stages of, during the late stages of Ralph Ragnick, which I think was the point where Aaron Wan-Bissaka looked really, really poor and looked like a player that we needed to get rid of. Um, I mean, I think that piggybacks also off um, off the end of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's reign as well. There was some pretty poor Aaron Wan-Bissaka performances there as well. He's not a £50 million fullback, but he's definitely someone who can provide competition for Diego Dallo. And as I said, it'll be interesting to see who starts tomorrow. But I think Man United have pretty much everybody fit and healthy. I expect a full strength lineup. This is our most difficult game and I expect us to win it. So once again, my lean here for this game is Man United on the money line at the price of 10 to 11. That's it for me. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.